Welcome to the DC Game Podcast and the host slash substitute teacher, uh, Maurice Hawkins, aka Hawk Diesel nineteen oh six on Twitter. And today I have the distinct honor to interview for our episode of Big Fan the one and only Andy Burroughs, who is normally the host Tweet Team podcast, uh, being the fan episodes, but today we're going to be interviewing Andy. So, uh, good afternoon, Andy, or good evening, Andy. I'm sure it's uh, nightfall over the other side of the pond. How are you today? Yeah, I'm all right, my friend. Uh, this feels very weird, but uh, yeah, I'm good. Thanks for uh, yeah, thanks for asking me to do this. Yeah, it's always changed. It's always a little uh, weird when you got to go to the other side from being the host to the uh, the guest being interviewed. So. Uh, I'm sure that would be a little funny, but hopefully it'll be exciting for all our listeners for today's show. Uh, the first thing I want to kind of touch base is that, you know, you've been a fan of this franchise for uh, several years. Um, tell us how you got started supporting this team. So, like I've said before a few times on our podcast, around the year 1999, um, I was fortunate enough to spend some time over in the States um with a family uh, that I was with over there I got to travel around a bit and they were mad mad um redskins they every sunday like every day they were talking about it and obviously I wasn't I didn't know anything really about the um, NFL and American football back then it's just like this lad from England over in America wondering what it was all about but they were obsessed with it it was everything it just took over their life so come one Sunday I was like well what are we doing today and it's like there's only one thing we do on a Sunday and um that's what's the uh, NFL and the Redskins so it just stemmed from there really I just sat down with them on a Sunday and uh watched games and that's when my love of the team started and um here I am today what is it about the team that you find most appealing uh that would that forge that powerful bond with it I think because it was the first team that I'd ever experienced within the NFL, you know what I mean? Every game I watched was a Washington game. So I was automatically kind of drew to them. And I love the city as well. Uh, Absolutely. You know, after my own hometown of London, Washington is easily my favourite place to visit. And I've been outside the touristy bits as well. You know, I spent a lot of time in like Martinsburg, West Virginia. So um, back then in 99, 2000, it wasn't as probably... Uh, built up as it is now um, so I've seen that side of it but I just fell in love with the place itself uh, the time I got to spend in DC the people I got to meet when I was over there in 99 I met so many people and they were all die hard Redskins fans so you, I kind of just um, bred off that sort of thing I um, I just it, it drew me in um, I love the passion of the fans you know and the hardcore fans as well they're probably what I call like old school NFL fans and um, it just drew me in, and yeah, I've been in love with it ever since. So you're also a huge Tottenham Hotspurs fan, correct? Yes, humongous. So, what are the similarities uh, in supporting uh, the Hotspurs and the Washington Football Team, and then what are the differences in support in supporting those two teams? The, the soccer over here is very. What's the word? It's, the NFL, you can go to a game and you can sit with away supporters, put it that way. The, the mm-hmm. Soccer over here, you could not do that in a million years. It would end up in a punch-up within 10 minutes. You know, it, it's, it, it's the passion is relentless over here for soccer. I've been to 
thousands of Tottenham games. And um, the passion is the same, you know, resemblance to that. The big crowds are the same. I mean, my team that I support, 62,000 people in that stadium. So the passion is there. But the big, big difference for me is the fans, and the, like the rivalry. We have some big, big rivalries over here. I mean, I've been over to the States and I've, when I was at the, to give you a good example, I went to the Eagles game with you, right? When I was over with the DC Tweet team and I was absolutely flabbergasted. I'm at a Washington versus uh, Eagles game. And I'm in the concourse having a beer. You won't be surprised to hear. And two people with Dallas Cowboys jerseys walk past me. And I was thinking, I, I turned around and I was like, if this was England, if I was at a Tottenham versus Brighton game, another team in our Premier League, and someone walked past with an Arsenal jersey in the in the Tottenham end, they wouldn't get out alive. <laughs> and they, I promise you that, they generally would not make it out of the stadium alive. And I remember standing at FedEx um, seeing two people walk past me in Cowboys jerseys. And bear in mind, they weren't even playing. We were playing the Eagles. And I was absolutely flabbergasted. And people were just treating it as, as, as the norm. And I'm thinking, these are our most bitter rivals. These two fans clearly just wanted to come and watch a game that day. But they're wearing their Cowboys jerseys. And to me, that it knocked me for six. And even when I told like some of my UK buddies... And they were like, yeah, that's that, it's a big difference over there. You know, obviously, you know where you and I sat for that game. We were surrounded by Philadelphia Eagles fans. That wouldn't happen over here. <clears throat> like I said on previous podcasts, our, our fans are segregated. It's predominantly home supporters and the travelling supporters get two to 3,000 tickets and they're put in a corner on their own. Right? It makes a good atmosphere when you go. I mean, I've travelled to watch Tottenham play on the road and it's really good, but... Yeah, that's the one big, big difference that I always struggle with when I come across stateside. And I've been across many times. And that, that really hits home to me, that the, the way fans sit together. And you, you can do that, hopefully, if you, got, if you guys ever get to come over to a soccer game. I know Crystal from the DC Tweet team, she's hoping to come over and watch the Spurs game. Mm-hmm. That, that will open her eyes because you guys do it different over there, shall we say. Do you wish the, the rivalry intensity in the NFL uh, rival what you see in the Premier League? Uh, it do, I think it does off the uh, on the pitch, but like you just said, like I've just said, um, off the pitch, it's it's very weird for me that fans sit together. And yeah, I I mean, if you ask any UK Washington fan what they think of the Dallas Cowboys, mm-hmm. I hate them with every bit of my being. I can't stand their stadium. I can't stand their jersey. I can't stand their players. I can't stand anything about them. But you go over there and. Tottenham and Arsenal fans, I know plenty of Arsenal fans over here, but you, we wouldn't be see dead in the stadium together. Sitting, oh, Arsenal fans wouldn't come and watch us play when we're, they're not playing and vice versa. So that it's always, I've always, always struggled with that. It's one big thing that I've spoke to many like American friends of mine. I've got many American friends and I've been over to the States countless times and we have this conversation. I've been in bars and they're like, yeah, we, we all just sit together and we get on and have a beer. And I'm like, oh, yeah, Maurice, it just blows my mind. <laughs> So, what was it like when uh, the football team, I mean, who's known as the Redskins at the time, came over to England to play the Cincinnati Bengals? I guess this was like four years ago. What was that like for you seeing your favorite team from the NFL play in your in your homeland? Oh, Maurice, that is probably one of the, I've said this many times, it's probably one of the best weekends of my life. That was so good. Everything was just here. You have to, you have to remember, like on a, it's so hard for us over here because on a, you know, on a Sunday we're five hours ahead. 
we watched every single game on TV. So everything that we had seen on TV, all these players that we'd seen on TV, were suddenly standing in front of me. I'm suddenly in a bar and I'm chatting to Chris Cooley, who's like one of my heroes. I'm chatting to Doc Walker. Dan Snyder's pulling me a pint in the Barrow Boy and Banker. And I'm with my, I'm with like the Redskins fans. I'm with Kelly and Crystal and everyone else and Jay and Pete. All of us were all there. And it, it just, yeah, it was just amazing seeing the support that this team have over here was unbelievable. You know, that pub was, the queue was two hours around the block. We got so lucky. We had a few contacts that's got us in and got us up the stairs to meet some players and stuff like that. We were very fortunate, but it was an unbelievable weekend. I can't, and just walking in the stadium and seeing the Redskins logo on the turf. And I was just on a Sunday, not sitting down on the TV and watching the Redskins. Um, I've watched all the, a lot of the NFL games that come over, but to see my team here, like the, the hairs on the back of my neck stood up and when, when the team come out and we started singing hell to the Redskins and when we scored and oh, I was just an, oh, I, I, you guys don't realise I mean I know we talk about it many times about FedEx not being full but you guys over there don't realise how lucky you are that you get to do this every single Sunday Wow wow why do you think uh, NFL football has gotten so popular in England uh, you know, I mean, there's other sports in the United States, you know, there's baseball, there's basketball, um, you know, there's other sports, but it seems like the NFL has just taken root over there. Why do you think that is? I think there's a few things. I mean, they're trying to push the NFL over here eventually maybe to have a franchise, but the content that we get now, Maurice, is second to none. You know, we have Sky Sports NFL, which is 24-7 coverage of the um, of the sport. Um, obviously, since and obviously since the internet's got involved in the '90s, it's just growing and growing and growing. And I think we've always we've always been big lovers of American sport. I mean, I've chatted to fans that followed the NFL like, on being a fan on this show, I've, um, followed it through the '80s and '90s. But I just think with technology and it, it's more easy accessible to us over here, and we pretty much get all the same content you guys get. Me and you could talk about Good Morning Football. Whereas if you go back 10 years, if you had said to me, oh, Andy, did you see Good Morning Football today? I wouldn't have a clue what you were talking about. <clears throat> so the content that we've got over here is good. And, the, and I think it's now being passed on to generations. Like my young daughter, she's like kind of asked me the odd questions. She's not overly into it but she always says to me oh daddy how did the how did the Redskins do and you know I haven't tried to tell I didn't I haven't explained the whole Washington thing to her yet she's only eight <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah it's it's being passed along through generation to generation now so it's only going to get bigger over here you know we have three or four games a season now at Tottenham's ground at Wembley Stadium um you've only got to see how big the DC tweet team is over here as well like what was the Redskins tweet team so with Groups like that wouldn't have existed 10 years ago. The fact that Twitter and Facebook, I think all this modern technology has helped the growth of the game big time. And now you've kind of grown from being just a, you know, a fan to now being a content creator, you know, being the host of the DC Tweeting podcast. Uh, one of the questions that we got on Facebook uh, earlier today was, how do you find hosting a podcast? How do you find it? hosting a podcast and why in the UK and, and do you ever sleep? 
<laughs> how many people ask me do i ever sleep yeah. um it can be difficult as you well know maurice mm-hmm. obviously i'm five hours ahead of you so the amount of times that mm-hmm. i've spoke to you at 7 30 in the morning your time or i've done podcasts where it's like 1 a.m in the morning my time i've been on shows i've been on uh, carl at the burgundy zone is a, a prime example you know i've been i've been fortunate enough to go on his show but it's like 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night for me sometimes. Um, I'll always do it, though. I never say no, you know, because I'm, I'm always grateful to come and talk football. Um, and I think my body's just come accustomed to being like a, an American sports fan over the, over the years. I mean, when the NBA's on, um, I always watch the uh, NBA. When the baseball's on, I always watch the baseball. Obviously, when, the, uh, when Washington are playing, I watch that. But that takes me up until usually January. So I need to do something to do after that. So I fall into the NBA. Uh, I watch most of the Boston Celtics game. Yep, sorry, I'm a Celtics fan. Um, and then when the baseball starts, I I watch that. So um, my body's kind of I can I can't I can't answer the sleep question. Those those many people have asked me that. I can live on three hours sleep. Right. Done easy. That's enough for me. I can get up. Uh, you know, I've been messaging you at like two in the morning because I know it's perfect <laughs> time to start talking to you because it's like you know. It's like 10 o'clock at night for you, so it's perfect. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of used to it, my friend, but I'm enjoying hosting the podcast. I appreciate um, the fact that you've given me the opportunity to do it for the DC Tweet team. It is difficult, but we're doing it. You know, we've just done 50 shows. Um, it, the guests we're getting on are amazing. And, it, and, it's, and I think it's realising to the people in Washington and the people over in America, like you say earlier, you asked me earlier, why is the game growing so much? Things like podcasts are helping and, I'm just doing a tiny, tiny little bit for the UK fan base, and hopefully it's being heard across the water. So you've been hosting this podcast. You've, you've, you've cracked the 50-episode threshold. I mean, they say that most podcasts, if you can get in at least seven podcasts, then it kind of forms into something substantial, which you have completely built. What has been the reception for um, fans of the UK I mean, Washington football team fans in the UK of having someone like yourself leading a Washington football team podcast in, uh, from England. They appreciate a voice, to be honest. I mean, there's a few of us over here that have done, I think there's a few guys that have tried to do podcasts and stuff like that, and they're really good. Um, but yeah, to get to the 50 was really good. And I think people just, they appreciate the fact that our voice is getting heard and it's, you know, it's not just there over in D.C. or in the United States of America that Washington are popular. You've only got to look, like you said earlier, the Wembley game, how many English people, there a lot of people come across from the States, but you think you've got like 60,000, 70,000 English fans there cheering on the Redskins. So I think they appreciate that the fact that I now give them a voice and that's what the podcast is all about, is giving people voices, you know. Um, apart from to this show today, when people get to hear me a little bit, I always want to try and give people a voice. I always want to sit back. I love listening to people talk about football. And I hopefully the UK fans now know that they can jump on things like being a fan. And you probably, like, if I said to you, Maurice, did you know how hard it was to watch the NFL over here in the 80s and 90s? You would have probably been like, no, you know, we had to, like you've heard on this uh, last week's being a fan with Simon. Mm-hmm. We had to wait a week to get the results of the games. Mm. You know, so it's just like... It, it's, it's, it's giving us a voice. It's giving us a platform, and hopefully, people over in Washington know that the team, the team is worldwide. This team is loved. You know, it, it, we are sleeping giants, as I've always said. That there's a product there in the UK. I'm just giving the UK a voice to support the team. 
And you've been able to interview some really compelling figures attached to the Washington football team. You've interviewed Julie Donaldson. You've interviewed Rick Doc Walker. You've interviewed Ken Harvey. You've interviewed different uh, journalists on this side of the pond who covered the team. What has it been like that you've gotten that kind of like top flight um, talent, you know, and individuals and personalities attached to the team on your podcast? It blows my mind, to be honest, Maurice. I'm so grateful for the people that come on to the podcast and, you know, they give up their time for free. They, you know, we, we don't pay them for it. They just, I message them and they're like, hey, do you fancy coming on the podcast? They're like, yep, let me know when a time. People like Judy Donaldson, um, she said, give me like a week or so, I'll message you. Um, and you just think, okay, she's a busy woman. But a week later, or I think it's a week and a half later, I got a message off her saying, hey, Andy, I'm free now if you want to do a podcast. And that goes, it comes back to the point earlier with the time difference and stuff. She messaged me at, I think it was like quarter past 11 at night, my time. I shot out of bed. I was watching TV and I was like, yep, let's go. I've got my pad, my, I've, got, I've got like a little pad here that I do all my podcast notes in. Um, I just got up and done it, but I'm so grateful to the people that come on. And for me, it's just surreal because sometimes you sit here and you don't like when you have Doc Walker on, you're like, I'm chatting to a Super Bowl winner. You know, I can scroll through my phone now and I've got like Doc Walker's number there. And you're like, <laughs> if you had said to me, like when I started supporting this team, oh, we can have a Super Bowl winner in your phone contacts. You'd just be like, what? It's unbelievable. And um, I'm always so, so grateful for the people that come on the show. It just, yeah, it blows my mind. I'm just it's just I'm very very grateful and humbled. Right. So we've got another question um, from one of our listeners, and I think we might have covered this already, but I'm going to ask it again. Uh, what was your experience like watching uh, Washington football team football in the United States, opposed to watching it in England? How would you compare the two experiences? Uh, night and day, Maurice. You saw how excited I was when I met up with you at FedEx. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got on that. I got on the field. You have to realize for me, I'd sit here every Sunday and watch a game at FedEx like I have, you know, this season. And for me to be standing there, I mean, I know a lot of people don't like FedEx, but for someone like myself to be there and standing on the actual field, not on the sidelines, on the field, I was standing there. It, just, it was unbelievable. And uh, the people I get to got to meet, like yourself, you know, I now consider you a really good friend. It was, yeah, it's night and day, you know. It's, it's, it's good to watch games over here, but going to the home of the NFL is, is amazing. The people I got to meet that weekend, the first weekend when we all met up, um, I went to the DC Tweet Team Mill. I got to meet people from all over the States. Um, hear different stories, meet people that I'd only spoke to via Twitter, put a name to a face, which is what I love doing, and just sit down. Me and you have sat down and had many a beer now and talked about football and life and, you know, that sort of thing I, I absolutely love. So, for me, I, I love watching the game over here when the teams come over, but I'll always choose the States over watching the game over here. That's a uh, pow- powerful uh, statement in, in itself. Do you think you'll try to coordinate maybe like a, a trip where we can have like several uh, UK fans come over together? I mean, of course, we got to wait till this whole COVID-19 thing gets behind us. But do you think you want to coordinate something like that? We had like a, like a large contingent of UK fans to support the Washington football team to come over together. Yeah, that's the plan. I've already spoke to Ian Bacon. Good like member of the DC Tweet team and contributed to the podcast. We're trying to look at doing something next season mm-hmm. if we're allowed to travel again. 
Um, I know Jay and Pete, um, it's just, he, I don't think people realize how hard it is for us all to get over. It's very, very expensive and we've all got families and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, so we have to try and it's a, it's a, it literally is a flying visit for us guys. Mm -hmm. So it could be like flying on a Thursday home on the Monday or maybe even a Friday, but I'd love to come over again and see all you guys. And, you know, I speak to people all the time like on social media, mm -hmm. people like Carl Hall and Reed from the Burgundy Zone and the HTWR podcast and the Redskins Addicts. And I got to meet Rodney when I was over last time. So, yeah, to answer your question, it'd be next season, the season, it would be great if we can sit down and do a, you know, the DC Tweet Team or Redskins Tweet Team meetup that you organised the last time I was over. It was unbelievable. We're at Feisman Restaurant. Um, something like that with all of us over there just to sit down and actually just have another beer with you, Maurice. It'd be good not to look at my phone and talk to right, you. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, hope, hopefully, my friend, hopefully next season, once COVID's done, uh, we'll, we'll be yeah, over. Yeah, fingers crossed for that. Um, a lot of people want to know is if the NFL was to establish a franchise in England, would you flip teams and support the UK team or would you stick with the Washington football team? Zero chance of me ever supporting the UK team. <laughs> um, it wouldn't happen if they, no, no, the unanswered your question, no. I mean, I think we could still be a long way off. I don't know if everyone heard being a fan with Nat Coombs, who's uh, well, like, he is like one of the face of the NFL over here in the UK, and he's he was a bit like me. I'm not sure if I do want it to be honest, mm -hmm. Maurice. I think that I think that's the way they're going with four games a season over here. If, if it's going to be anyone, it's going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars being the London Jags eventually mm -hmm. because they are the team that play four games over here a season pretty much. Mm -hmm. um, but no, I've, I'm Washington until I'm laying in the ground freezing. I'm, I'm, yeah, got, never. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, this is a good question uh, for you. Um, they want to know is would you rather win a Super Bowl uh, or the Tottenham Hotspurs win the Premier League? Which one would you rather see happen? Oh, Maurice, you're killing me here. <laughs> um, Super Bowl. Just. Just because it's, I put so much... I, I love I love Tottenham. I love watching them every week. and want us to win the league. And we might have a chance this season, but if I had to choose to see Washington, you have to remember, Maurice, I started supporting in 99. Mm -hmm. So I've only ever really seen a couple of playoff games. Um, I've watched 92 Super Bowl on YouTube and I've heard people talk about it, but to see my team actually in a Super Bowl would be, it's on the bucket list. You know what I mean? It's one of them things you want to say you do before you die. Mm -hmm. And I'd be, I've already said it now, I don't care what, I'd have to sell a kidney to try and get to that game or whether I'm with you guys in a bar watching it, I, I wouldn't be this side of the pond watching it. I'd be stateside. So, yeah, just, I'd just choose Super Bowl over Tottenham winning the league. Is there a uh, particular game or event attached to the football team that's like your favourite moment? Uh, I, I, say when they came over to England or was there a game that you watched on television that really like, like um, stirred you know, some strong memories for you? If I said to you, Maurice, 2012 Thanksgiving, what do you think I'm going to say? Oh, you're going to say the, uh, the the RG3 game when they played uh, the Dallas yeah. Cowboys. 38-31. <laughs> I mean, that game, I literally vividly remember watching that game. 
And that boy threw some absolute bombs that day. That is one of the most exciting games of football I think I've ever watched. And it's the very, uh, it was then, back then, it was just like, wow, we've, we've got something here with this guy. You know, it's just before his injury, you know, he was throwing like bombs to Pierre Garçon and his Aldrich Robinson. And, you know, it was, there was interceptions in that. D Hall had that big interception in that game. And for me, I just remember watching it screaming so loud and proud and, to go to, I don't think we'd beat them um, at Cowboy Stadium for a while. And in fact, it was Thanksgiving on national. We never usually do too well on their big games on TV. And to see us really turn up that um, turn up that game for me, I remember watching it at home, and I remember screaming the street down. That was late here as well. That was late in the UK. I think I woke everyone up watching that game. So I think that year as well, we didn't. We have like five or six Pro Bowlers that year mm-hmm. as well. Um, and for me, that was just, I, I will never, ever forget that game. And was, don't get me wrong, going to a game at FedEx, the Philadelphia Eagles game, was a, it was a different experience. That was more the fact that I was there. But watching a game, uh, that Cowboys game, Thanksgiving on the TV, I'll, yeah, that will live with me forever. Yeah, that was an impressive game. And I like you said before, you know, I remember those, the, the deep strikes that he was throwing. I mean, he was dropping like bombs. I mean, like the ball would sail so high in the air. And they would drop right in the bread basket for Pierre Garçon and Aldi Robinson and Santana Moss got a touchdown that game. So it was just, I think, definitely a highlight of RG3's tenure with the uh, Washington football team, uh, formerly the Redskins at that time. Um, I want to get back to you, your hosting of this podcast, because you, you've created this content, you've created this this program that, you know, it's, it's an international program. So, I mean, the fact that, you know, you have audiences both in the U.S. and in England and in other parts of the world, actually. Um, it has to be exciting. What is your vision for the DC Tweet Team podcast moving forward? Um, you know, you've got 50 shows in. Wh- where do you see this program growing in the near future? I just want us to keep going and, you know, haven't I just take each show as it comes. You know, we, we're getting recognition the fact that I'm sitting over here in the UK and getting recognised by people in the States is already gratitude mm-hmm. enough. Um, I just want to keep putting out a good product. Um, I enjoy talking about games. I love doing being a fan. I'm, I'm such a listener. I mean, obviously, we've got you. The roles are going to be reversed. I've got you doing this in a couple of weeks. To hear your, to hear the likes of you tell me your fandom, um, things like that, I absolutely love. So I just want to keep growing the product, Maurice, and um, see where it can take us, you know. We're trying to get guests like Jason Wright, and you know I'm hearing that they they've got plans for the us podcast, mm-hmm. shall we say? And um, Jason and the team, we're, get, we're getting knowledge by the team, Maurice. You know what I mean? The fact that my ugly mug was on M- NBC Washington. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, the fact that we, you know, when me and you first sat down to do a podcast in May, if you'd said to me, "Oh, by the way, in about three months' time, you're going to be on one of the biggest networks over here, and you're going to be on it at prime time in the evening," you know, I would have laughed at you. So. Just to just to keep growing the product, Maurice, and you know, you never know where it might take us. Who knows where this the podcast could take us in the, the modern era that we live in? Um, people can take things or everywhere that they want. You, you know, I, I I dream my dream big, and I, I I love talking about football. So wherever this podcast goes, I'm along for the ride, and um, I'm just really enjoying doing it, my friend, and just take it show as it comes. And you really built something, I think, sustainable because, I mean, I look at last Sunday, uh, you know, I was watching the game and, 
you know, I had on my DC Tweet Team podcast hoodie and, you know, I had my salute to service hat on and, you know, and I post my picture on Twitter. And I think the, the week before I took a picture with my hoodie and uh, I was drinking a pint of Guinness. You know what I mean? So I was trying to replicate <laughs> the closest version of being in England as possible uh, watching the game. But <laughs> I, I think that's what's really powerful about what you created is that, you know, like fans like you and I, that we can share those experiences on social media. And now it's like it, it, it enhances our fan experience. Like we're not just watching the game. You know, we have a platform where we can talk about the game. Uh, we have merchandise that we can represent both our team and this podcast that you've created. So I, I think that there's just a lot of growth that we've seen so far. And I think like you stated earlier, um, these different, um, technology platforms like you know anchor program or social media platforms to keep the fans engaged just seems to be going a long way. Um, so I'm real curious. I'm just really excited to see what you're going to do as far as growing this this thing in the future. Uh, how does it feel? Because there's a lot of podcasts out here, um, you know, covering the team. Um, but you've seen you've seemed to be able to, to broken through and kind of kind of push this this podcast to maybe more of the top tier fan driven podcast in a really short amount of time like how does that make you feel good you know the fact that i'm so far away and, and we've been able to achieve what we've been able to achieve with this podcast but um like i always say to people like the fellow podcasters that i speak to and i, I mentioned them quite a few times but carlo with the burgundy zone has become a really mm-hmm. good friend of mine he's given me some really good advice and mm-hmm. um, we speak often um the fact that we you know get to be mentioned in the same breath of them Carlo always said to me look it's not a competition we all put mm-hmm. out content but remember these guys have been doing it for a very very long time and the content they put out is brilliant uh, all the podcasts the addicts the hcz we are podcast the big douglas show who just started he messaged me last week saying our podcast the one that me and you started Maurice in may was the reason that he started mm-hmm. the podcast so when you hear an american guy telling an english podcaster that we're the reason why he started a podcast i it just blew my mind and i was like look i really people don't really i don't think they quite understand when you get like feedback like that i really do appreciate it, it means so much to me because i'm just sat over here in a room recording a podcast most weeks i'm thousands of miles away and the fact that we've been able to break through in the states shall we say if that's a word mm-hmm. i can use and people mention us in the same breath as all the other great podcasts. And, this, you know, let's not lie, they are such good content and the guests they all get are, are brilliant. And I listen to them all because every different one's got something different about it. Um, and the fact that we're even mentioned in the same breath as all them podcasts, Maurice, it, it really means a lot to me. And um, I'm really grateful that people at Stateside appreciate right, right, what we right. do. Your hopes for the team moving forward? I mean, we're not really having a good season right now. I know there's been a lot of uh, frustration and anguish from the Burgundy and Gold faithful in 2020. This this season has definitely tested the limits of our fandom, but we all want the best for the team. What do you hope the, te- the team can achieve with these uh, final uh, seven games of the season, you know, with, you know, as we close out 2020? Oh, geez. Um, just compete, you know. We're not going to win the East now. I've said that many times. Everyone, there's a few people still. We might. You never know. It's 2020. Some strange things have happened this year. But just compete. Don't roll over and die. Um, 
we're back, I guess, to assessing what we have and getting ready for next season. My my only issue with this is, Maurice, and you probably can um, adhere to this as well. It's like we seem to do this every season. You know, um, I think, like I said, I've started supporting in '99. I've had two playoff games that I've watched, and when does when do we stop being in a process of changing? You know, until we get some stability. And like someone said to me uh, yesterday, it was. We might have to go through a lot of pain till we get a lot better. And uh, people, even like myself, I get angry as hell <laughs> on a Sunday. Um, we all do on Twitter, and that's what social media is there for. It's there to rant and vent and don't take it too seriously and with a pinch of salt. So I want us to compete, Maurice. Um, I want to see the play like Chase Young, Antonio Gibson. I wouldn't mind seeing players now like Gandhi Golden, like they mentioned on the podcast last week. Last week, players like that come in, and you know, we're not. Let's see if we're going to really look at these young guys, let's put them in and see what they can actually do. You know, uh, will we? Who knows what's happening at quarterback, Maurice? That's just that's just a that could be for a whole separate podcast. So, whatever happens, happens with that. I just want us to compete, my friend. I want to sit down on a Sunday and see us try and win games as long as I can see us trying and we're not doing um first half performances like we did against the Giants. I'll be happy. So I suppose we have to believe in Ron Rivera and what he's doing and then um, see what 2021 brings. I think probably the biggest thing as far as fans go is that we probably had higher expectations of the team than they really should have had in the first place. And because of maybe our delusions of grandeur, thinking that the team was going to be better than it actually is, that we're unleashing that frustration on ourselves. So I think think the good thing about the last game that we played, I mean, when you take out, like I said on the podcast uh, early this week, if you take out the first quarter of that Giants game, we actually played better than the Giants throughout the duration of the game. So I just think that we got to finish, we got to start off better, you know, and not put ourselves in a hole and hopefully finish strong. So I think we've seen some signs of, of, of promise with the team. We just got to put together a complete game for four quarters. Yeah, fingers crossed. Four quarters of football uh, would be yeah. nice. Don't dig ourselves out of a hole every half time. But yeah, let's, uh, let's just yeah. keep my friends. Is there anything else you want to share with the listeners about you being a fan um, and, and your experiences? Or what do you think you would like to share with them as far as you know, how they can be a better fan or enhance their fan experience? I, I mean, social media is amazing nowadays. Obviously, when we all first started supporting, we didn't have it. So, new social media the right way. That's the only way I'll... It's the only thing I'll say. I mean, I saw some... Don't get me wrong, we all vent and myself, you know, I'm my biggest, uh, biggest person for doing that on a Sunday. But just keep it civil on a Sunday on Twitter. I've seen some... You know, I got tagged in some posts this weekend where it just got a bit stupid and... Let's remember we're all here for the same reason at the end of the day. We want the Washington football team to win and progress and do well. And it's not all about on game day. Like you say, the fact that me and you are even sitting here now mm-hmm. doing this is that's what people need to realise and what football gives. It gives you friendships worldwide now with the uh, the world that we're living in with Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and the fact that me and you can FaceTime now and everything like that. It's the only thing I'd say to fans is, yep, be passionate and on a Sunday, myself included, but realise that football's more than the four quarters on a Sunday. It, it will always give you something else. It's given me friendships that are going to last forever. And people, you know, some people in the DC tweet team, they know who they are that I care about very much and they'll always be friends. So always... 
always think about what else football can give you and um, just enjoy the, the, like the, the podcasts and things like that. And yeah, just, just, yeah, just enjoy. Okay. Well, I think that's going to wrap up uh, this episode of the DC Tweet Team being a fan with our, our guest slash uh, host, uh, Andy Barrows. And uh, I appreciate you uh, taking your, your time to, you know, have a role reversal and share your experience as a fan. And I, I know the fans are going to look forward to listening to this episode just like I will. Yeah, thanks, Maurice. You're up. You're okay. up too, my friend. So it's your turn in a it's your turn in a couple of weeks. But now I'm yeah, I'm grateful that um you giving me the chance to come on my, our own show kind of thing. It's been it's been a it's been a good experience. So thanks, buddy. And just while you're here, just thanks to like you let us to use your you've set up this thing from scratch, the Redskin slash DC Tweet Team. So if it wasn't for you, my friend, we wouldn't we wouldn't have a podcast. So everything that you do, all the work that you do, mate, is uh, is amazing. So just well, keep thank doing you. What I, doing. I appreciate that. I mean, it's definitely been uh uh it's been a wild ride. I mean, this you know, twenty twenty has been a crazy year, and you know, I, I'll, I'll probably go into a greater detail uh, when it's my my uh, time to be interviewed about just the the, tra- the changes with the the team and and my experience as a fan. But yeah, it's it's been an exciting year nonetheless. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a year. Roll on twenty twenty one, Marie, so we can I can sit down and you, I mean, you can yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> All right, my friend. Well, we're gonna wrap up this episode, and uh, thank you so much. And uh, look forward to hearing future episodes of being a fan on the DC Tweeting Podcast. Thanks, my friend. Take care.